Coming up this hour, what's it look like for Christians to pray the news? And then we're joined by author Catherine McNeil, author of a book about motherhood. You're listening to The Common Good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. We made it to Friday. Happy Friday, Friday, everybody. I'm so ready for the weekend. I am too. It is, uh, it is Mother's Day weekend. So a big yes. weekend for you and yep. all the moms out there. You're going to sense a theme in the show today. We're going to do, uh, we're going to talk to a friend of yours, also an author, Catherine McNeil, about mm-hmm. her book, uh, about motherhood. And we're just going to kind of talk all things moms and, um, especially what's it look like with our faith and, uh, talking to Catherine McNeil. We're excited for that. We've got a top five list coming about TV moms. TV moms. That's going to be a fun one. You know what else I we have? have? To, what's that? A very special guest later today. Yes, to go to through a Mother's Day quiz. We are looking forward to that as well. So all sorts of things. I worked on my TV mom's top five list last night. Like I, it's a solid list I came up with. I got to oh, be honest. I'm not I sure. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear yours. I'm still torn on my number one and number two, but I, I feel oh. pretty good about what I bring into the table. I feel good not only about my five, but where they are slotted. I feel Ooh. I feel really good okay. about it. So Can't that wait. is coming up later in the hour. So, yeah, big weekend, Mother's Day. Hopefully the bombs out there. You feel loved. Uh, you get you get all the things you are hoping. We are also going to talk later about about those who feel loss and pain around Mother's Day. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the, in Mother's Day. Uh, can be a very difficult holiday for some people. Definitely and, can bring uh, up a lot of emotion. Yeah, we want to talk about that later. So we're going to do that in the second hour. But before we jump into all of that, I, I, I saw something interesting at Christianity today that got me thinking. It was, um, so, so, uh, it's this idea of doom scrolling. Had you ever heard that word before? Or are you familiar with that word? So I, I actually recently heard doom scrolling for the very first time. I heard I, someone on social media or an author I was listening to kind of mention it like she was saying she was up really late at night doom scrolling. And I was like, oh, that is the perfect description for what we do, which I think is just going from like devastating news story to news story to news story to news story. That's right. Suddenly you're like down that rabbit hole of pain, basically. That- that's exactly right. What doom scrolling is, is exactly what Aubrey talked about there. When we sit on our phone, say you're on Twitter and you just start scrolling and it's it's just kind of bad news after bad news, thing that makes you angry or thing that makes you sad. Uh, and and some people have called 2020 the year of doom scrolling like wow. that kind of defines who we are and what we do. Uh, and what Christianity Today, Kate Shelnut, who's been on the show multiple times, she wrote an article asking Basically, what can Christians do other than just doom scroll? Like, is there something as Christ followers that we can be doing uh, rather than just uh, getting mad at the news, getting overwhelmed by the news, just kind of scrolling on our phones? Is there something else that we could do? And she said she highlights some ministries here in her article that are actually pointing people in a different direction. And Aubrey, the, the, um, The concept is this, that rather than just doom scrolling, that we as Christians can, quote, pray the news. Oh, wow. That we we can be reading what's going on and use it to spur us to prayer. What do you think when you hear that phrase, you know, you got doom scrolling, uh, (laughs) but then this idea of of Christians praying the news? You know what I like about that? 
concept. I mean, I think it reframes the whole conversation because they're not saying don't go on the news, don't know what's mm-hmm. uh, going on throughout the day. And they're also not saying be reactionary because I think what can happen is we can read these things and we can be like, Lord, we don't know what to do. Help us. And then we just sort of give up and don't even think about it. But there's some intentionality with praying through what you're reading about, praying for victims, praying for communities, praying for local believers that are affected by some of the events. Um, Kate Chelnut reminds us in this article, she's actually quoting someone else, but she reminds us of 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of mm-hmm. power, love, and self-discipline. And so even in our, I, th- I think that would actually empower those of us who feel afraid or who get really anxious when we read the news, that we can surrender these things to God and trust that he's going to take care of us. And I think we forget there's power in prayer. Like God loves to hear his people pray to him. And, and so if we're doing that, we will see some of these things change. Yeah. So they use as an example, the premier Christian news uh, out of the UK prior to the COVID-19 outbreak, they said they actually redesigned their website to include prayer prompts at the end of every news story. Wow. Uh, and the site saw more than 175,000 readers click to pray in 2020. That's cool. Uh, so this idea, and I didn't realize this. She also points out that Google searches for prayer rose to the highest levels on record that people are searching for answers. People don't like this concept of doom scrolling and being overwhelmed and what am I supposed to do? Uh, that, that That's not what people are looking for. Aubrey, you brought up something really, uh, I think, important, but there might be people out there who are like, really, are you, you know, uh, I'm not sure I agree with you or how does this work? You said if we pray about these things, like it could make a difference. And it could actually change things. And I think there's people out there kind of going, I don't know that I believe that anymore. Right. I don't know that prayer <laughs> right. actually matters. What do we say to people? Because you and I are both pastors. Like, I think we want to believe that prayer makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, what do you say to the people who may doubt that going, I don't, I'm not sure prayer actually, prayer just kind of makes us feel better. It doesn't actually do anything. Right. I mean, there's, you know, I, I think that's actually maybe even okay that prayer makes you feel better, right? Like God mm-hmm. invites us people to prayer and not, not because he's like waiting for us to say the right thing so that he can act. We know that God is sovereign over all things, but God wants to hear our heart. And we have a loving God who responds to our prayer. We see it all throughout scripture. God's people, the Israelites in Exodus, they cried out to him in lament. They begged him to release them from their suffering and their enslavement. And he responded. And so I, mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes we think God is like stonewalling us, but instead we do have a God that responds. We're not changing his mind. We're not convincing him of something. But I do believe that God's heart is moved when his children cry out to him. And you know yeah. what? Even if it makes you feel better, even if it causes you <laughs> less anxiety, yes. like God gives us prayer as a blessing to us too, not just to him. And so I, use it, pray so that you can feel less anxiety. Yeah. So the, what do you say to your ver- people about prayer, Brian? Yeah. There's, there's the verse that always sticks out to me that we either believe it or we not, where it says the prayer of righteous people is powerful and effective. Mm. And those two words, powerful and effective, we really need to wrestle with. Like, do I actually believe prayer is powerful? Do I actually believe prayer is effective? And I love how James ends the book of James talking about uh, Elijah, right? Who we think is like this ultimate hero. And it says, Elijah was a man just like us, but he prayed. That's right. But he prayed prayed. and God did amazing things. And so – uh, yeah, it could be easy. I also appreciate you saying that, hey, even if sometimes prayer is just 
what the biggest thing of it is it just makes us feel better. That's okay. Right. That's okay. And that God is working in those ways. Yeah. Several years ago, I'm reading this article, uh, Joe Carter, who also has been on the show, shared some pointers on how to pray through the news, uh, including Christians find a, quote, beat to focus on and pray for those active in the media and social media. I love that. Uh, so actually praying for people like Kate Shellnut or people like other sites that you that. and say, do this. I, I just think this is really helpful to redirect us because we could become passive and just like we said, doom scroll and just go through it and then be mad or be downtrodden or be whatever. Right. And, and that happens as we scroll. But instead, as I'm going through Twitter or as I'm going through Facebook, praying for people who are struggling, praying for these hard stories, praying for COVID-19 and all that's going on. Man, I think that is a really great mm-hmm. perspective that we could take. So, yeah, uh, that's that's a really good reminder, Brian. Yep. Coming up next, Catherine McNeil, someone else who's been on the show, but also people may not know this, a very good friend of yours. Yeah, she is one of my uh, closest friends. Catherine is a writer, speaker, also author of multiple books. Uh, she's written a book about motherhood, and uh, we thought it would be appropriate to bring her on. And we're even doing a Mother's Day giveaway with Catherine that we're going to talk about and share next here on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Glad to have you with us on this Friday afternoon as we look forward to Mother's Day this weekend. Uh, hopefully lots of festivities in your home. And with that in mind, we are thrilled to be joined uh, by writer, speaker, author Catherine McNeil. Catherine is the author of All Shall Be Well. Uh, Awakening to God's Presence in His Messy, Abundant World, and also Long Days of Small Things, Motherhood as a Spiritual Discipline. And before we talk to Catherine about that book and motherhood, I do want to let you know we're doing something special here uh, with Catherine. We are doing a Mother's Day giveaway. So you can enter to win a copy of Catherine's book, Long Days of Small Things, by going to uh, 1160hope.com. Go to go up to where you can search, put in the keyword mom. That's 1160hope.com, keyword mom, and you can enter to win a copy of Catherine's book. Catherine, it's great to have you back. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. It's wonderful to be here. Oh, it's so good to have you back on the show. Hey, for people who don't remember you or weren't listening last time you were on, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience so they can get to know you a little bit better? Oh, I'd love to. My name is Catherine McNeil. I'm a writer and an author and a speaker who lives in the Chicagoland area. And my first book, which we're here to talk about today, is called Long Days of Small Things, Motherhood as a Spiritual Discipline. It's all about how parenting itself is a spiritual practice. So even when we don't have the time or the energy to fit in all of those wonderful, rich spiritual practices that we love, um, God is still present and God is still here and sees us and knows us and is uh, waiting to connect with us. Um, I have three children myself, one of whom is uh, quarantined at home in the moment. So she's just next door. Oh, no. Um, It's been quite a year. (laughs) It has been quite a year. You can say that again. So um, what our listeners may not know, Catherine, is you're actually one of my close friends and a neighbor. And so I live by this fabulous uh, author, Catherine <laughs> McNeil. So I feel very special about that. Catherine, can you tell us a little bit why you decided to write this book or why you felt the need to write it? 
Yeah, I wrote this book when my own children were very small. Um, I had a preschooler, a toddler, and a baby. And I just kept hearing over and over again these sort of classic um, statements about spiritual formation and the spiritual life, which don't get me wrong. I love these classic kind of formulas and, and discipleship methods. Um, asking me to carve out 30 to 60 minutes every day for a quiet time. And I thought to myself, and this is actually on the back of the book, um, moms in some stages of life don't have quiet or time. <laughs> and um, I can remember particularly one moment where um, I was listening to a speaker share just the deep richness that comes with that time alone with the Lord. And I thought to myself, I literally have an infant strapped to me, a toddler crawling on me, <laughs> a, pre a preschooler holding my hand. Um, I long, I long, my soul thirsts, you know, I am parched and quenched for the Lord this quiet time. But because of the situation that God created and placed in my life, that's not available to me right now. And so I thought, mm -hmm. you know, if, if God created mothers and wombs and breasts and babies and infants and families and all of their demands, um, all their precious, precious demands that are unrelenting. Surely God has another way to form us and to meet with us that does not require silence and solitude because God has not provided silence and solitude in this season of life. Um, yeah. But God has provided other things. And I, I heard so many moms that I loved just sort of dropping out saying, I can't do church right now. I can't do Bible study. I can't do prayer. I fall asleep when I try to pray. My Bible study is buried under a stack of diapers. I'm just failing, failing, mm -hmm. failing, failing. Um, I, I think God is not available to me in this season. The spiritual life is not available to me right now. And something just broke in me. And I said, you know, no, like you are doing what God has given you to do in this season, not forever, for this season. And God can be found in what you're already doing. Um, I could go on forever, guys. That's but great. That's, that's yeah, why that's I so wrote good, this Catherine. Book. Yeah. And thinking of that, Catherine, what, uh, so what is maybe one or two spiritual practices that mom can, moms, especially with little kids, that moms can yeah. do in their everyday life if they can't have quiet time and they can't have right. the things that we're accustomed to? What are some things that moms can do? Well, you know, I structured this book. Uh, there's nine chapters. They're easy to read. Uh, they're short. Um, because I know you don't have time to read a book either, right? That's the whole point. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, uh, I made it easy to read and I structured every chapter around something in our identity as moms or as parents um, and how that's a God thing. Um, so one of them is about nurture. Another is about creation. Another is about service, um, about sacrifice, surrender, perseverance, celebration. Those are things we're doing every single day and night. <laughs> Let's be clear. Middle of right, the night. Right. Um, and, and there's a way that God is forming us through that, whether we're even aware of it. But then at the end of every chapter, I give three practices um, that are a little bit more tangible, a little bit more specific, that we are still doing every day. And we can use them to remind ourselves that God is with us, that God is holding us up. So breathing, for example, doesn't matter how 
busy you are, how exhausted you are, you still have to breathe. And so I just explore how can we connect with God just through our breath. Um, grocery shopping, walking to the car, um, breastfeeding, cooking, eating. I, I take a look at all these little tangible, very physical things that we do as moms or as dads um, and how we can use those things to remind ourselves that God is present and holding us up. So good. Again, listeners, we are doing a Mother's Day giveaway. You can enter to win a copy of Catherine's book. We're actually giving away three copies of Catherine's book, Long Days of Small Things. If you go to 1160hope.com and in the search bar, type the keyword mom, you'll be able to um, sign up to win a copy of Catherine's book. Again, that's 1160hope.com. Use the keyword mom. Catherine, we have a little bit of time here left, and I would just love to um, hear... What makes this book different than othering mothering books out there? We know there's a lot of mothering books. I hear you saying that you're doing something unique here. Can you describe that a little bit more for us? Yeah. I I don't know. Can I give a confession? I actually don't like mom books. (laughs) 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 Um, I, I don't. And the reason why is I come to them so hungry, so empty, so needing to be filled. And I hear them saying, um, here's how you can do just a little bit more. Here's how you can get up just a little bit earlier, or here's how you can multitask just a little bit more effectively. And I'm saying, no, 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 no. I've, I've been doing this for 15 years. I have tried all the things. I don't, I don't need to be told to do more. I need you to tell me that God is here, that God is in the things Mm. I'm already doing. Um, Again, moms don't need more to-dos or more shoulds. I think we need to be encouraged to see the value in what we're already doing and to realize that God is present where we already are. That's really good. Again, we're thrilled that Catherine's going to stay with us and join us as we continue to talk about uh, motherhood. And we're going to talk a little bit about the grieving or the discouraged mom and, and what is a word for them. Again, Catherine is the author of a couple books, including Long Days of Small Things, Motherhood as a Spiritual Discipline. And as we've been saying, we're doing a Mother's Day giveaway. So you can enter to win a copy of Catherine's book, Long Days of Small Things, by going to 1160hope.com. Put in the keyword mom. Again, that's 1160hope.com. Put in the keyword mom. Before we jump back into the book, uh, I'm curious, just what do you like about being a mom? What do you just <laughs> love about motherhood? Oh, man. You know, I think it's those little things. Um, mm-hmm. It is called long days of small things. It's it's the smiles. It's when your kid who's maybe a little too old for this kind of reaches over and grabs your hand. Um, it's when Aww. your little kid with the soft cheeks crawls up on your lap and falls asleep on your shoulder. It's just those those precious things. I think we need to be reminded that life is precious and that yeah. there is joy and beauty just in creation, just in being. Um, we adults get so busy with our lists and our tasks and, and that's, you know, that's the season we're in. But being a parent reminds you that there's just this inherent preciousness just in being and in, in God's mm-hmm. creation. So good, Catherine. 
Catherine, we know that, you know, Mother's Day can bring up a lot of emotion, both for moms and dads, maybe who are grieving their own moms or maybe who are grieving their situation that they're in right now because of loss or because things aren't going the way that they wanted to. I would just love to hear you speak a word over our listeners who are hurting right now, something to encourage them this Mother's Day weekend. Oh, I'd love to. You know, I write about one of the spiritual practices that I say is inherently in motherhood or in parenting is surrender. Um, mm. There's so much about caring for another life that is, it's so, it goes deep to the core of who we are, but we have no control over it. We have no, we, we're not in charge of life or death and parenting is all about life and death. And small, small successes and and huge failures and all kinds of pain. And we don't have control or charge over any of it. And yet we have to invest and invest and pour out and pour out with no guarantees of how it's going to go. So I think grief and surrender are Mm. as big a part of parenting as the joys are for sure. Mm. And so to that mom or dad that's out there today, um, linking, Mother's Day or just the daily the daily tasks of parenting with grief, um, whether that's because of a loss or infertility or crushed hopes or children who are suffering or um, just looking to the future and not not knowing what's coming and being afraid. Um, I just want to remind you that God is here, that God has yeah. not been surprised by anything you're facing that God is ready, that God's strong arms are holding you up, that God is that good parent who describes himself as a mother bird that is sheltering you under her wings Mm. and catching you up and lifting you up and making his face shine on you. Um, That there is no love that we have that did not originate from the source of love. The perfect love Mm. is looking at you right now. And Mm. it doesn't mean that our problems are going to go away. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that we're going to live happily ever after, but it means that we're not alone and that we can rest in God's presence no matter what comes. That's great. We're Again, we're doing a Mother's Day giveaway here. Uh, you can enter to win a copy of Catherine's book, Long Days of Small Things. Go to 1160hope.com and put in the keyword uh, mom. Again, that's 1160hope.com, keyword mom, and you'll be entered to win uh, a copy of Catherine's book, Long Days of Small Things. Catherine, while we have you on here, I would love to hear about other projects. What's coming next for you? What are you working on? Yeah, you know, I'm working on my third book with Nav Press, and that will be out uh, early next year. So that's a ways from now still. But I'm writing about how following Jesus um, includes an, an invitation to live out of a posture of love rather than fear, specifically related to our neighbors, strangers, and enemies. So there's a lot to dig into there. I'm really yeah. excited about it. That's going to be great. Wow. And Catherine, what about your um, book, All Shall Be Well? We mentioned it earlier, and um, we would love to hear you talk. What Tell us about that book. Yes, I love All Shall Be Well. I think that's a great pandemic season book. Um, it takes a look at God as the creator and how we can connect to God and learn about God through general revelation, through what he has made and placed in every single day and every single season, whether it's a season of loss 
and death or a season of new life. Um, I look at spring. I look at fall. I look at winter and summer um, clouds and how we struggle with faith when things are uncertain. Um, just all the different things that God made and how we can use those things to remember that God is here and learn something about our creator along the way. Mm, that's fascinating. I, how do people do that? That's probably the point of your book. So I don't want to take away the thunder of your book. <laughs> it but is. There might be somebody out there. There might be somebody out there going, man, I would like to learn about or, or have that sort of faith that comes from the clouds or the spring or the seasons. What's one step right. somebody could take in order to grow in that or to take hold of that? Uh, outside of buying and reading the book, of course. Um, there you go. There you go. <laughs> it, it is, it's hard to say in, in four seconds what I said in 40,000 words. But um, there you go. I think just cultivating an awareness, again, like moving outside of that just frenzy of tasks and walking outside and saying, what's happening in creation right now? Like, what is God saying? Is there a bird singing? Is there a flower blooming? Or conversely, is everything dead? Um mm. Are we just like layered upon snow and death and despair? And how does that reflect what is happening in my own spirit? And how mm. can I bring all this to God and say, here's where I'm at. Here's the season I'm in. Um, it's a season of hope or it's a season of despair. Um, and, and where's, where's God meeting me right there? So I just recommend going outside, paying attention to what God has made outside and what God is mm -hmm. making inside of yourself. So good. Again, we're doing a giveaway of Catherine's book. You can go to 1160hope.com, use the keyword mom in the search uh, bar, and you'll be entered to win three copies of her book, Long Days of Small Things, Motherhood as a Spiritual Discipline. And I do want to say this, this is a book for mothers, but my husband, Kevin, read this book. And I, I remember him standing up and saying, Catherine is a theologian. This book is amazing. <laughs> so this is not just a book for moms. This is a book for all readers, all people who love the things of God. Catherine, while we have just a, a little bit more time with you, can you tell our listeners how they can connect with you? Oh, I love connecting with readers and listeners. Um, my website is katherinemcneil.com. You have to spell my name right, but katherinemcneil.com. Um, there you'll be able to sign up for my newsletter, find out about what books I'm writing, find me on social media. Um, if you want to go straight to your favorite social media platform, you can probably find me again at Catherine McNeil. Awesome. And again, go to 1160hope.com, put in the keyword mom, and you will be entered to win a copy of Catherine's book, Long Days of Small Things. Catherine, this was a ton of fun. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for being with us, Catherine. Oh, I loved it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And coming up next, Aubrey and I are going to do one of our favorite things, a top five list, top five TV moms. That's going to be, be a good next. one. That's going to be next here on The Common Good, AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey friends, welcome back to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. And uh, Aubrey, I think at least, I don't know for our, our listeners, but for you and I, one of the favorite things we've been doing are these top five lists. Oh, they're, they're so just, fun. And sometimes they're about just silly stuff, top five candies. Uh, we thought today, with it being Mother's Day weekend, that we would do our top five TV moms. And you suggested this one. And I was like, oh, there's so much to choose there's from here. So many choices. 
I mean, you could go back into the 50s and 60s. Yep. You could go more when we were growing up. Yep. You could go to kind of stuff now. Uh, so I I told you I, I spent time working on this one last night. <laughs> you really night. like analyzed this one and like really thought through it, right? I did. I did. And so uh, I, I've got some thoughts on this. My my number one will not surprise you. But other than that, we'll see. We'll see where we I'm go. I'm very so curious this if is... we have any of the same moms. That'll be interesting to see, too. Yes, I, that is a good call. Because one thing we've learned in top five lists <laughs> is that we do not tend to have the same list. We do not have the same lists. <laughs> Except for ALF on the TV one. We both liked ALF randomly. Very true. And okay. Disney World on travels. Okay, oh, but right, before right. we start, we've got our favorite part of the top five list. Uh, our producer, Debbie, put together this intro for our top five lists. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five things with Brian and Aubrey. I mean, Aubrey, you've been saying you're going to make that your ringtone. It's got to happen. I mean, I have to do it. It's so tremendous. I just love our top five theme song. All right. You are the mom. So for the top five TV moms, I will let you choose who goes first. Oh, this is really tricky. I'm going to make you go first, Brian. You go first with your number five, top five TV mom. My number five, top five TV mom uh, from when we were children. It, I'm going with Claire Huxtable oh. from, the Cos- from the Cosby show. I'm 13 years old. I'm practically a woman. You are not a woman. You are a child. I'm a young woman. You are an old child. Aren't I at least a beginning woman? Okay, Vanessa. Okay. You are a beginning woman. So I need practice. And at 15, you'll get all the practice you need at 15. That was the rule for Sandra. That was the rule for Denise. And that is the rule for you. Yeah, I feel like she definitely gets all the mom awards, especially for the the TV partner she put up with. <laughs> it is weird that like you you not only can not really talk about Bill Cosby anymore, but you can't really talk about the Cosby show. Right, but right. Let's be honest. Just a phenomenal show. Yes. Uh, and Felicia and, uh, Rashad is amazing. And Claire Huxtable is amazing. Yes, she's yes. a lawyer. So she was g- taking care of the kids. She was. She right. didn't mess around. Yeah, she's awesome. Claire Huxtable, my number five. All right, okay. your number five. All right, my number five, and I say this choice with clear eyes and a full heart that can't lose. It is Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Yep, never seen it. Pardon me? You've never, never seen, seen you're it. A, you're a sports fan, Brian. You've never seen Friday Night Lights. I have not. I is that. I feel like I can't even finish this top five list with you now. <laughs> what I'm gonna like? I'm about to storm out of my the studio here. <laughs> this is this is angering. I actually wonder if you and I are going to have a lot of ones here where you're going to choose stuff that I've never seen. That's that might be true actually. Now that I'm looking at my list. Well, anyway, mine is Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Coach Taylor's okay. wife, played by Connie Britton. I have heard it's a great show. I've just never watched it. So, okay. Oh, Brian. Uh, number four, <laughs> uh, I'm going with a second Claire. I'm going with Claire Dunphy from oh, Modern Family. That is a good, good choice. She didn't make my list, but she I, I almost put her on there. She's hilarious. She is so funny. You know, her and Phil, hilarious. Uh, so, yes, Claire Dunphy is going to be my number five. Number nice. four, number four. Uh, Okay, number four for me. I don't think you're going to know who this is and because it's actually from a show that I have watched with my kids. But this mom is so funny on this show. 
It's from a Disney show, an older Disney show called Good Luck, Charlie. And the mom's oh. name is Amy Duncan, yeah, played uh, by Lee Allen luck. Baker. Hey, girls, how's the bonding going? Okay. I see what the problem is. Put your phones in the basket. Do you know who that is? Good luck, Charlie. I have literally probably seen every single episode. <laughs> oh, oh, Good nice, Charlie. Because your kids are I have the same children age. Children as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Your kids are, are around the same age as mine. Yes, so I yes. love Amy Duncan's character because she just wants to be like a star the whole time, and it's so She's great. she is hilarious. Yeah. So that's Can my number just, four. I'm going to go off on a tangent here and say that the Disney Channel has has really regressed in their quality of uh, show. There was like a. I know. There was like a uh, Good Luck Charlie, Austin and Allie, yes. like that kind dog with Wiz- a blog, Wizards like all of those. It was, those were so good. Yep. Yep. And, and now downhill. it's just not the same. I yep, know. yep. Okay. Number three. Uh, this is one of, if not the longest running television show. I am going to go with uh, Marge Simpson. Oh, Marge Simpson. Nice. That's, that's yes. a good, solid choice. Yep. I used funny. to love The Simpsons a lot more than I do now. Now it's kind of like, okay, you've been on for a long time, but she is quality. She puts up with Homer, puts up with Bart. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Marge Simpson. Keep the lettuce separate until 1130. That way, the lettuce stays moist and the bread stays dry. Huh? Huh? Mom, you fuss over us way too much. So I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons growing up. And therefore, I just never watched it. Like, even when okay. I, like, came of age and could have made the choice to, I just never did. So I know people love The Simpsons, but, um, I, you know, but that's good. That's a good choice. Okay. Okay. Uh, number three for me is uh, Miss Beth Pearson from This Is Us, played by Susan Kelechi Watson. Sassy oh. Beth, married to Randall, a great mama. Never seen it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now Man, you're just going, wow. I feel like I have so much to teach you in life, right? <laughs> All right. Number two is going to be a bit controversial for me. Okay. It is, this is because I find her hilarious. Like, this is just for comedy's sake. Okay. Uh, not even a really big character in the show, but I'm going to go with from Seinfeld, Estelle Costanza. <laughs> a great choice. Estelle <laughs> Costanza is hilarious. You could just hear me like, George! <laughs> <laughs> that, wow, that's a TV mom I have forgotten about. That's a really good, that's yes. a great choice. Yeah, she's Estelle so Costanza. Alright, give me number two and then okay. we gotta do any honorable mentions before number one. Oh, Brian, I know you're not gonna know this one either. And this, I, one and two were very hard for me to make a decision about. Uh, so, I'm going with number two, but this is maybe like it could one be a. one and a half. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it is Mindy Lahiri from the Mindy Project, played by Mindy Kaling. Yep. Nope. You have I, I know her from The Office. but Yeah, yes. she's hilarious on The Office, but she is yes. really funny on the Mindy Project. She doesn't become a mom until later on in the series, but uh, she is a fantastic mom. Actually, she's a terrible mom, but that's why it's so good. There's a hundred percent chance that like if you and I lived in the same spot, we would be people who watch TV in completely different rooms. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, I mean, except for the Disney Channel shows. Yes, that's a good point. That's good. All right. uh, Do you have I'm going to let you do any honorable mentions. Do you have any honorable mentions? I was going to say Claire Huxtable as well. I didn't put her on the list because these other ones rose to the top for me. But I feel like she just deserves a lot of love for everything she put up with again. Yes. 
Uh, my honorable mention, and sometimes I couldn't stand this person, but other times she's hilarious, would be Marie Barone from uh, from Everybody Loves oh, Raymond. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I did almost put uh, Raymond's wife. Uh, oh, what was her name? yes. I can't remember her name, uh, so I couldn't have put her question. on the list. But I thought she put up with a lot because she put up with Marie Barone. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. Uh, number one, I was going to choose Blossom's mom, but Thank I don't remember that, if she right? had a mom in the show. <laughs> no, she did uh, not. That was the whole thing. Raised by a single dad. Her mom died. Brian. So I was going to choose the memory of Blossom's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I was also going to choose Mary from The Chosen, but I, I thought that was a little too oh, pastoral. So, no. Uh, not a surprise because you're going to see the theme here. The number one TV mom for me, and it is not close, from The Wonder Years, Norma Arnold. Oh, Norma. Didn't anybody notice the new bowl? I made it. Oh, <laughs> Wow. How'd you make it? Well, I signed up for the ceramics course at the community college. I never would have thought of doing that, but Joyce Metsadakis was signing up, and she said it sounded really neat. I thought, why not? She is a fabulous character in The Wonder Years. Very 1950s mom, but she's also kind of spreading her wings a little bit. That causes issues with Norma and Jack. Like, it's a, it's a great dynamic. So I love Norma Arnold. I know we don't have a lot of time here, but Jack always really scared me. When I was watching I that, that was show as a point. kid. Yeah, he was he was an interesting character. I need to go back and watch that. Okay, you ready for so my number So real fast, one? I oh, think yeah, Jack ahead. Arnold, real fast, he yeah. was meant to be like the 50s dad, gruff, ah. this and that. But then he was also, as you watch the show, super sensitive. Okay. But it was he was like this dichotomy of the 50s dad. So I'll give you that. All right, number you one. Such a good memory of the Wonder Years. I'm so impressed I with it. I love the Wonder Years. Yeah, okay. All right, my number one is... None other than that fast-talking single mom herself, Miss Lorelai Gilmore from The Gilmore Girls, played by <laughs> Lauren Graham. I just love her. I love that show. So, uh, what are you doing tonight? Mm-hmm. What? Are you driving? Sounds like you're driving. I am driving. You are? Where are you going? You know where I'm going, Mom. Disneyland. Nope. Puppy World. You're so immature. You're going to make me say it? Say what? I am on my way to Friday night dinner. Ah, <laughs> that's right. That's the top of my list. That's I, I was not surprised by that. Here's the really funny thing about our top five list right now is that you literally chose five shows that I've never seen. <laughs> You've never seen Gilmore Girls? Sorry, I've seen Good Luck Charlie. I've okay. seen Good Luck Charlie. Brian, you got two uh, women in your house and you haven't watched Gilmore Girls? I have three women three in my women house. Three women in yes. your house. Yes. No, I have not. I have not. So, all right. That's our top five list. We put it up at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we love to know what you think because our lists are always so different. That is what we are learning here. Uh, yeah, I'm amazed by it. So those are our top five moms here on Mother's Day. Coming up next hour, we're going to do some more Mother's Day stuff, including a Mother's Day quiz. I'm going to face off against a special guest in that. But uh, coming up next, though, we are go- I do want to talk about a tweet that I saw that I think is uh, is a bit fascinating and troubling. We're going to do that next here on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Coming up this hour, we're going to ask this question, is sin still a big deal? And then a special Mother's Day quiz in which I will be going head-to-head with a special guest. 
You're listening to The Common Good. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Really glad to have you with us. A very Mother's Day-centric show. That's right. Uh, Happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. Coming up a little bit later in this hour, we are going to try something we haven't done. We are going to do a uh, a Mother's Day quiz that you have come up with, Mm -hmm. that you have found. Uh, You are going to do that as I go head to head with a special guest. If you want to know who that guest is, join us at about four nineteen. And this it's one of those segments, Aubrey, uh, where. Uh, it feels like it could be hilarious or it could go off the rails. Yeah, but, we'll see you know, what happens. Go hard <laughs> or go home, fun. right? Yeah, that's right. We've got to fail <laughs> so forward. We're going to power through it. So we we are also going to talk later. We do want to spend some time talking about the, f- those of you who uh, Mother's Day is a difficult day. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've lost your mom or or you long to be a mom and haven't been able to, whatever it might be. We do want to acknowledge Mother's Day can be difficult. And so we do want to spend some time talking about that later. Uh, but Aubrey, before we get into all that is Mother's Day through the rest of the hour, I, I did want to talk. <laughs> this could be. Uh, completely non Mother's Day centric. I want to talk about the concept of sin, hmm. and and is sin still something that a we talk about in our culture, our church culture, and b uh, is it an accepted uh, thing that we even talk about it within our church cultures? And here's what got me thinking about that. There's a guy by the name of Dean in Sarah. Uh, he is an author. He's a writer. He's a pastor. Uh, and he wrote a new book entitled this, The Unsaved Christian. And he also wrote another book called Getting Over Yourself. Uh, but The Unsaved Christian is a lot about this idea that that we are taking some of the tenets of the faith and even removing them. And one mm-hmm. of his major things is sin, that we don't confront sin. We don't talk about the severity of our sin. Uh, and he wrote this on Twitter the other day. He said, if you'd like to know why. I wrote the new book, dot, dot, dot. And then he posted a quote from another book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about Glennon Doyle, but I would just say to people, if they don't know who she is, she is a v- phenomenal writer. Phenomenal writer. Very influential. Yeah. Uh, how can I say this nicely? Maybe we don't need to say it nicely. She She's kind of gone away from orthodoxy. Is that a fair way to put it? She kind of... Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Okay. Su- super, I, super, I mean, brilliant writer. If you want like a wordsmith, uh, like a witty writer, she is the mm-hmm. one for you. She does a lot for like the eating disorder community, a lot for the addict community. She's She gives a lot of goodness into the world. She is definitely strayed from evangelical orthodoxy, for sure. Right. And the reason we bring her up is because a lot of evangelicals still read her. Right. Uh, she still has a uh, a lot of uh, influence. And uh, so here's what she wrote in her book, Untamed. And Dean and Sarah uses this to be like, hey, this is part of the problem. And I want to use it as a jumping off point into the concept of, oh, I just want to know what you think about her quote. She said this. She said, maybe Eve was never meant to be our warning. Maybe she was meant to be our model. Own your wanting, eat the apple, let it burn. That was a quote out of her book, Untamed. And so, again, really great imagery. I, like totally. Said, yeah. I read stuff like that and I go, I am like, and I've never written a book, but I kind of go, man, 
that, there are people who make you just go, that's a really good writer right there. Yeah, you get the strong uh, image. It's passionate. It's dramatic. Right. And I would add one more word. Very problematic. <laughs> yes. That's two words. Definitely, problematic would be the other word. I would probably uh, add the word heresy to it. <laughs> Go, go jump off there. Help people understand because people might be like, man, I love what she's saying. That's empowering. Yeah. Here we go. Yes. No, okay. no, no more guilt and shame for me. So so where's the where is uh, the, the problem here for you? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple problems. Let me just acknowledge. I understand the need to stop um, squashing women. And I think a lot of times in the church, Eve is used as sort of the like, oh, it's women's fault. We got to keep women down because of Eve. It may not be said exactly like that, but in many subtle ways, I'll just say throughout my entire life, Eve has been used as an example to keep women silent, to keep women from living into their gifts, from keep. So I, I understand this instinct. However, if we remove the reality that that was Eve and Adam's actions were disobedient. They were sinful. Sin entered the world through that. Then we have really completely undermined the cross, the death and resurrection of Jesus. If we can't admit that there was, I don't even know if you have to admit there's original sin, but you have to admit you have sin in your heart. There is Mm -hmm. sin in the world. Therefore, we need a savior. You have to be able to admit that if you're going to be a Christian. Otherwise, what was the cross for? What's the resurrection for? What's the return of Jesus for? I know it's not only about sin. It's also about God making all things new. But the reality is God has to make all things new because of the sin in our hearts and in the world, in systems, in the environment, in the earth. And so I just think... I think she's trying to find empowerment in the totally wrong way. Let's find empowerment as women through our righteousness in Jesus Christ, not Mm. through our sin, not through our disobedience. Yeah, really well put there. I think uh, when we remove sin, because I I agree with you, the statement you made is Jesus is coming. Jesus is uh, life, death, resurrection, his return is not just about sin, but to say it's not just about sin is not to say that it's therefore not about sin at exactly. all. Exactly. Right, like, right, right. We have a sin problem for the yes. wages of sin is death, we That's read. Right. Uh, you know, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And it does go back all the way to, to the beginning, uh, to the garden. And, mm-hmm. and to remove that, I think does remove, uh, the necessity of Jesus in our lives. It removes the necessity and the power of the cross and the resurrection. And then it just becomes, like you said, about self-fulfillment. It becomes becoming the better me. Uh, And I get why we want to downplay sins. With sin often comes feelings of guilt and regret and shame. Uh, but then it also opens the door to the coming of a savior and, and why he came. That's right. Um, And, and, uh, yeah. Do you fear that we're losing some of the gravity of sin? Like maybe in the past, maybe we harp too much on sin. I don't know. Maybe you agree or disagree with that. But but what does happen to us and to the church as we kind of lose the doctrine of sin? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a really good question because I feel like it sort of depends on the church background you come from. I know I have sat in services where I all pastors do is remind me how right. sinful I am and how broken right. I am. And, and I'm like, okay, look, but, but, but I'm in Jesus now. Like I am a new creation now. Can we celebrate that? Like I long for that. But then I have been in other situations where it's almost like you're an amazing person and you can do no wrong. And I I just think we have to understand the depravity of our own hearts. We have to understand. And maybe it's not like you're doing evil things, but certainly we know this. We 
make idols of everything, and that is sin, or the fact that we don't love our neighbor as ourselves, that is sin. Like we have to have an awareness of our tendency to sin, um, or else I think we lift up ourselves as God and we don't understand what an amazing salvation we have received in Jesus Christ. It ends up Absolutely. taking the worship uh, away from God, away from Jesus and puts it on ourselves. What do you think about that? I think you're a hundred percent right. I think uh, when we remove sin and our need for a savior, it leads to narcissism. It there leads to go. everything's yeah. about me. It leads to as long as I'm just a good person and, and it really kind of relegates Jesus to kind of underneath myself and just kind of, totally. oh, he's there to teach me some good things and right. maybe help me along the way. Uh, and as opposed to apart from Christ, I am lost. Yeah. I am, I am just in death. And I am need. dead. I am nothing. Yes. I have no hope. Like it, it's life or death to understand the reality of sin and our salvation from sin. I remember something someone said very early on to me that really resonated with me is this. Uh, we have to grasp the bad news of the Bible in order to grasp the magnitude of the good news. And I mm. think when we when we remove sin, we not only lose the bad news, but we also in, in many ways lose the good news. That's so right. What's what's the point? That's so, exactly right. Uh, wanted to have that conversation because I think it's so important for us. Well, coming up next, as we look towards Mother's Day. Uh, Aubrey has for us a game show, a Mother's Day quiz in which I will be facing off with a very special I guest. I can't wait. That's what we're going to do next here on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Glad to have you with us. A bit of a special show today as we celebrate moms and we kind of put a focus on Mother's Day. And Aubrey, we are going to try something that may be awesome and it may no, cause Brian, us to lose our jobs. It will be awesome, Brian. <laughs> Come on down. You're a contestant on The Mom is Right, America's favorite quiz show all about Mother's Day. And now, your host of The Mom is Right, Aubrey Sampson. We have a very special guest with us right now. I would like you to introduce someone who's been on the show before, but not when you were the co-host. So uh, I would like you to introduce who is on the show with us right now. Uh, we have our most handsome guest, our smartest guest, our most charming <laughs> guest. Drum roll, please. My husband, Kevin S. Sampson, is here with us. Thank you so much for having me and for that great introduction, sweetie. Yep, you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, and we're going to, I, I decided I'm going to challenge you, Brian, and you, Kevin, to a Mother's Day quiz. This is going to be a Mother's Day game show and see what you guys know about moms. And you better win, is all I'm saying. So this is a competition between Brian and I? I'm ready. Yeah, it's really between Brian and you and like all of the moms in the world. So oh, okay. yeah, you better win. We can win this competition. So I'm going to ask each of you a question. We have about six questions. They are multiple choice. I will give you some options. I'm going to give right. each of you a chance to respond, and then we'll reveal what the winner is. Okay, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Mother's Day quiz, 2021. Maybe this is our first annual one. All right, number <laughs> one. What Beatles song was inspired by Paul McCartney's mother? Is it A, Let It Be? Is it B, The Long and Winding Road? Is it C, Blackbird? Or is it D, In My Life? Brian, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go D. 
Okay. D in my life. Kevin, what do you think? All I can think of is we all live in a <laughs> That was not an option. I forget the options. Yesterday? <laughs> all right. Uh, that's a big fail for both of you. Uh, the okay, winner is it? A, let it be. Let it be. That's such a great song. Such a good it song. It is. I love about that. his mom, apparently. Apparently yes, so. Yes, about Paul McCartney's mom. So you guys should remember <laughs> that. You can play it for your own moms this Sunday. All right, number two. Let's see if you're better at this one. I know you both have participated in this event. Uh-oh. What day of the week and month are statistically the most popular for having a baby? A, Friday and February. B, Tuesday and August. C, Saturday and December. Or D, Monday and September. Brian, what say you? Uh, I'm going to go uh, B, August. Okay, Tuesday and August. Kevin? Saturday and August. No, that, was that wasn't an, an option. option. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday and December was an Saturday option. Saturday and December. Okay, so Kevin and I have had two babies in August. Brian, you had two babies in May. Is that I right? did. I no, was waiting for I, I was waiting for the May choice, but it didn't come. So I went yeah, August. it didn't come up. So the winner is actually D, Monday and September. Oh. Yeah. We had a September one. kid. My fa- We have a September kid. Brian, you failed your own children in that I one. I did. I did. Right. I thought it was my son. I didn't think he counted, so. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Number three. What year did Mother's Day become a national U.S. holiday? Is it A, 1907, B, 1910, C, 1914, or D, 1920? Um, uh, B. B, 1910, Kevin? I'm going D, 1920, all day. Man, you guys are big old failures. It is C, 1914. <laughs> oh. And let me World tell you let me tell you a little bit about World this. One? Anna Jarvis, who lived in Philadelphia, her mother organized women's groups to help promote friendship and health. She originated Mother's Day on May 12, 1907. She held a memorial service for her late mother in Grafton, West Virginia. Within 5 years, every state was observing the day, and in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson made it a national holiday. Incredible. Right? Anna Jarvis. Anna Jarvis. I mean, I appreciated Kevin's uh, like certainty in that one. <laughs> All day. <laughs> it and took me nowhere. Yeah, I am waiting for the uh, – really strong. When are these sports questions coming? That's what we're waiting on here. We need one. Brian, you know this is my quiz. So there are no sports <laughs> questions on here whatsoever. The next one is, is uh, related to sports. Not at all, actually. All right. Number four. What flower is most associated with Mother's Day? There's bonus points for knowing what this flower stands for. Okay. Are you ready? Here are the choices. A, roses. B, carnations. C, daffodils. Or D, hydrangeas. I feel confident in this one. This is the first one I have felt confident in. I don't know why I either feel confident or why it is, but I'm going B, Carnations. Okay. B, Carnations. Kevin? I'm also very confident. It's B, (laughs) Carnations. And I know you, Aubrey, don't like Carnations. I do not like Carnations. I know I'm not getting Aubrey Carnations today or for Mother's (laughs) Day. 
or ever. Or ever. Hey, you guys are both yes. trying. Well right. right. Great minds think alike. Okay, do More flower you know questions, what... please. <laughs> Sports or flower questions. Yes. Do either of you knows, know what carnations stand for? Instant breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. All right. Well, for those of you who want to know, they signify purity, faith, love, beauty, and charity, all things that mothers embody. And here's a legend about carnations you may not know. Legend says that they first sprouted from the Virgin Mary's tears over Jesus's death. They are a symbol of a mother's undying love. I still don't like them and I don't want them for Mother's Day. FYI. All right, you there's hate, two You more hate questions. the Virgin Mary. <laughs> <Yeah>. Brian, <laughs> don't say that again. I love the Virgin Mary. Okay, two more questions. This one's related to flowers as well. Uh-oh. Number five, what percentage of annual U.S. flower sales occur for Mother's Day? A, 10% of all, an- of all flower sales. B, 25% of all flower sales. C, 60% of all flower sales. Or D, 75% of all flower sales. I'm going to go with B, 25%. That is a total guess. Okay. Well, I've been uh, investigating flower sales lately, and I'm also going to go with B, 25%. Oh, you're just following me now. Okay. I'm just helping you. You guys are actually both right. 25%. I know. I've been researching. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually, to be fair, it's actually between 25 and 60% based on where you do your flower research, your flower sale research. But it's above Valentine's Day. However, Christmas and Hanukkah still have more flower sales, which that kind of surprised me. But I learned oh, that. Wow. Yep. Aubrey, let me ask you this question. If Kevin came home on Mother's Day and told you he had nice flowers, but told you he got them from Jewel while he stopped to pick something else, is, is that uh, does that ruin the flower purchase? Or are you good with that? <laughs> well, we have a whole flower like narrative in our home. That doesn't ruin it for me. <laughs> However, this is what Kevin knows. Flowers are not gifts. Right. Flowers are a nice <laughs> gesture, gesture, and, you can, <laughs> so. and <laughs> you can give flowers with a gift, or you can give flowers on another day that doesn't require a gift as a special gesture, but flowers do not yes. suffice as a present. So don't bring flowers home and think you're finished. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, just, that's, the, that's really, kind of an appetizer. That's survival at our home. <laughs> Kevin, do congratulations that. on 20 years, man. <laughs> 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 does Carrie dislike flowers from Jewel, Brian? No, she doesn't. Uh, she, I don't think she's got the same standards for flowers that you have. I've told you she would much prefer Portillo's chocolate cake than uh, flowers. Yeah, so yeah. I've, okay, I've learned what here to is do. the Last final one. question. You guys better win this one. All right? For the win. All right, for the win. What does your wife want for Mother's Day? A, flowers. B, time alone. C, plants for the garden, or D, a family trip to the movies. I have spoken with your wife, Brian. You have spoken to my wife. Then if she told you the truth, (laughs) (laughs) the answer to that question is B, time alone. All right, Kevin, what say you? I think I would say time alone, but I think you're going to say plants for the garden. 
Wow, you guys are terrible husbands. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie said plans for the garden. I want to go to the movies, but ultimately we all want time alone. So let's say, exactly. you know. <laughs> neither, all we learned is neither of you told the truth there. <laughs> <laughs> We're both liars. You guys are really bad at Mother's well Day done, game Well, well done, Brian. Well done, guys. We our very first annual Mother's Day game show. Well done, everyone. Wait, extra credit, Kevin, have you and or your sons bought or gotten the gift yet for Sunday? That's the question. A hundred percent, no. We're, <laughs> they we're, are last, la- we're minute. last minute and we always hit a home run. I am. Uh, well, I don't know about the home run. I'm with you. Nothing has been purchased. So I learned some stuff in this quiz that are helpful. They will lead me. Go to the garden store and buy plants, Brian. Exactly. Exactly. Kevin, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, good to see you, too. Thanks for being Thanks here, for having man. me. That was our first ever Mother's Day quiz. We will study for next year. We will do better next year. Uh, That was Kevin Sampson, and I'm sure he will be back again very soon on this show. You're joining us here on The Common Good. AIM 1160, hope for your life. Hey, friends, welcome back to The Common Good. AIM 1160, hope for your life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Really glad to have you with us on this Friday afternoon. Aubrey, I'm not sure we can bounce back from the uh, from the quiz I just did. You just administered to myself and your husband. That uh, I just administered to it like it was medicine. It basically yeah. was. You, you guys did not take that very well. <laughs> I feel like he just he got this strategy halfway through since I always answered first that he was just going to copy my answer. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. He just started copying you and and uh both you both of you failed because of that <laughs> and the, the main portion the main thing that came out of that was it was used as an instrument for you and for my wife through you to make it very clear <laughs> as to what you want for mother's day <laughs> yeah so you you are without excuse now brian you know what to go get your wife right after you leave the studio today what do you suspect Mother's Day will actually look like in your house? Obviously, there's church in the morning, but like, what yeah. will the day look like? What will your boys do for you? Oh, I think they'll like really quickly hand make a card. Like Kevin will be like, draw something real quick and they'll do it super <laughs> fast and we'll laugh. We always sort of laugh like I know they don't really try and it's kind of a fun joke. I think we'll probably play a board game and then I think we're actually going to end up having Kevin's mom over and celebrate with her. But then I'm packing because I'm going on vacation. So I'm not going to complain about anything that happens on Mother's Day. That is true. For those of you who are regular listeners know, Ari will not be here next week. So, uh, yeah, you know. We'll see I mean, how Brian survives without me. What are you guys going to do on Mother's Day? What will your Mother's Day look like? Yeah, I, I think we will We will probably see my parents uh, at lunchtime or so, but then it's whatever Carrie wants. And I've got some guesses, but Carrie, Carrie likes to like when we're just all together. You know what I mean? Oh, like, that's nice. Yeah. She she does not require a lot other than uh, let's just have some family time. So my suspicion is, you know, we'll go for a family walk. I'm sure we'll do some other stuff. Luckily, as you know, we've been inundated by my son's baseball tournaments. But the coach oh, was nice. Right. The coach was nice enough to schedule a weekend off over Mother's Day. I think that was very what a intentional. Oh, guy, yeah. So uh, so it is baseball clear this weekend as well. So it'll be fun. We're looking forward to it. So. Uh, all right. But here's the hard truth. And let's just take a hard right turn here. The hard truth is that Mother's Day also comes with, for some people, feelings of loss, feelings of pain. Um, you know, I've shared this on the show before. There was a season where Carrie and I were having a lot of trouble having kids. And mm-hmm. I remember 
we we suffered a couple different miscarriages, had trouble getting pregnant. And I remember yeah. Mother's Day literally being a day that my wife wouldn't go to church. Yeah, uh, yeah, because it was nothing wrong when churches celebrate moms or give out right. flowers or this or that. But there was this this ache. There was this pain. And, it, and Mother's Day kind of highlighted more uh, while for most moms, uh, Mother's Day was highlighting the joy and, and the, the being a mom for my wife. And I've since learned for many others what Mother's Day highlighted was the loss or uh, I long to be a mom and I can't or, I, or I'm it. not. Yeah. And, yeah. and so so I do want to take some time to acknowledge and talk through the fact that Mother's Day, for any number of reasons, can be really difficult. And in the joy of Mother's Day, for a lot of us, we kind of lose sight of the fact. Don't you think that for many people, many uh, women especially, Mother's Day is actually a really difficult day? Yeah, it can be a really hard day. Like you said, I mean, I have friends who just on Mother's Day just don't go to church because yep. they're like, I, I don't want to be there when the pastor says, if you're a mom, raise your hand. And I've been trying to have a baby for three years and I can't yeah. or I've lost kids and they just don't want to be reminded of that. I also think the other side is also people who are grieving their moms, moms in heaven, moms gone Great too point. soon. And so there, there is, you know, this is the life we live, right? With joy, there is always pain. And I think motherhood just sort of emphasizes some heartache, some longing and some loss. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you've written a book called The Louder Song, all about lament, uh, yes. this kind of leaning into the struggles of life. Uh, what would you say uh, to the to the people out there for whom Mother's Day is is yeah. particularly difficult. Like you said, it could be that you've lost your mom or it highlights the relationship you never had with your mom mm -hmm. that you wish you had. Or the other end, you, you wish you were able to have children and you're not able to, or you've lost a child, whatever it might be. What yeah. is what is a word uh, that you would speak to those people for whom Mother's Day is really difficult? Yeah. And, you know, one of the two of the pain points I actually write about in the Louder Song um, are related to motherhood. One being, you know, I, we, we talked about this last week on the show, my cousin Cameron, who was killed. And so his mom's grief. And then um, our own son, Nolan, had to have unexpected spinal, uh, spinal cord surgery when he was only six months old. And the care for him took another couple of years. And it was a very intense season as a mom watching your child suffer. And so again, to that, to any mom who's going through something difficult on Mother's Day, um, I would say honor your pain. Hmm. I think you don't need to feel guilty that you're feeling what you you're feeling. In fact, I would say today or Sunday, Mother's Day is a day for you to do whatever it is you need to do to honor your grief. So maybe you're going to a graveside. Maybe that's not for you. Maybe you're looking through pictures. Maybe you're pausing to take a long bath and cry your heart out in the bathtub. Maybe you're um, taking a walk, like whatever it is you need to do. I think sometimes we feel like we need to try really hard to celebrate Mother's Day. And and for moms who are grieving, but maybe have other kids around, you want to make it special somehow for them. But I think take a little bit of your time and just either listen to your mom's favorite song, consider a special memory, um, allow yourself to grieve at least throughout some space in the day and thank the Lord that he is with you in the middle of your pain. I, I also, I, my book is about lament. The Louder Song is about lament where I walk through lamentations. And this is a really famous scripture from Lamentations 3, but I think it's a prayer that we can even pray 
to God. Uh, Jeremiah, who wrote this, says, The thought of my homelessness, the thought of my suffering, the thought of my pain is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve Mm. over my loss. Yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. And I think moms who are struggling, even dads who are missing their moms are walking through a hard time too. That can be your prayer. You can say to the Lord, this is bitter beyond words. This is so awful. I am grieving. And yet, God, as you enable me to, I am going to dare to hope because I know this is not the end of my story. Mm. You are making all things new. Your love never ends. One day I'm going to be reunited with my loved one. One day you're going to wipe away all tears. One day there's going to be no more sorrow. And so I think Mother's Day is a great time to hold those two things at once. We talk about that a lot here on The Common Good, holding the already and the not yet at the same time. And just asking God to be in the middle of it without having to try to, you know, solve it or make it That's better. Right. Just just be present with your pain and present with your hope on Mother's Day. Yeah. You know, that verse that uh, that we read that says God is near to the brokenhearted. And uh, That's right. I can, that can be very theoretical until you're brokenhearted. And then you're going, okay, yeah, yeah no, I do get this. Like I said, I remember those times with Carrie and just us trying to process what was going on and wanting to be happy for the moms in our lives, right? Like right. wanting to be happy for the moms with little babies or people in church or whatever, but not, but also it just being a a magnifying glass on our own pain, especially my wife's pain at that time. And I, I, I try to also be cognizant of it. Like if Mother's Day is a, just a joyous time for you, I think that you need to hear that there are also people around you for whom it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so even in church now, you brought up like when I talk, when I pray for moms or when I talk about moms, I always acknowledge the people for whom Mother's Day is hard for. So uh, good. And just f- because of, I wouldn't have done that except for the pain that we went through and, you know, and kind of experienced with it. And so yeah. we did want to take a moment to acknowledge the, those of you for whom this will be a difficult weekend and say, uh, you know, it doesn't make it easier necessarily, but that God is near to the brokenhearted. Uh, and and that we can rest in that. Well, coming up next, we want to revisit a moment, a mom moment, if you will, from this past Wednesday when we were on with Food for the Poor. We're going to do that next here on The Common Good. AIM 1160, hope for your life. Welcome back to The Common Good. AIM 1160, hope for your life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. And as we close out the week on this Friday where we've kind of put a focus on Mother's Day and on moms, we thought it would be powerful to go back to Wednesday and when Food for the Poor was with us. Food for the Poor is a wonderful organization uh, that provides life-saving food for kids in Latin America and the Caribbean and Central America who literally are starving. Uh, and we heard a powerful message from a mom there. If you want to give, let me give you the phone number because we're still raising money for them. 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-4673. Or you could go to 1160hope.com and click on the food for the poor banner. I thought this was a powerful way to end this Mother's Day show. Let's be reminded mm-hmm. of this story. When you pray for your children, what do you pray for them? She prays that God help her to give them at least one more day of food. So it's a daily prayer. Oh. 
hearing that baby's babble in the background, your mama's heart just breaks. She's praying for one more day of food. Anitra, I know you know that mom you got to spend time with her. Can you tell our listeners more about her story? Well, I was taken aback. Her name is Beatrix. She had a toddler at her feet. She was holding her baby, and that was the the baby's voice that you heard. Mm. And just the raw emotion on her face as she looked at me. And and if it was your neighbor, I mean, you'd be reaching for the peanut butter and jelly. Yes. You'd be looking for your cash app. You'd right. be meeting a need. And I I felt the same way. And yet she had a neighbor and another neighbor. And I knew that Beatrix's prayer for one more day of food was one that was being echoed and repeated around the community. That's when I, I don't have a, to, a poker face, so I just prayed that God wouldn't reveal the shock mm, on my yeah. face. But I took such comfort in knowing that I was coming because I felt like I was standing there representing you. I was honored to represent you, to hear Beatrix's story, to bring it back and to tell you her name, Mirna Yolanda. Mm. Placida, mm. each of them. These are not mothers and children. This is Elvis and Jose and Maria, sweet faces that I think of every single time. So I invite you, will you be the answer to a prayer that a mother prayed this morning? This is happening right now. And once we get word of your gift, it changes everything. Yeah. Mm. A mother will know that her children are going to eat not for a day or a month, but for six months. Yeah, absolutely. You and four others responding right now. When do we have the opportunity to know, to, to have God kind of pull back the veil yeah. right. and to know so specifically, God, are you using me to answer prayers mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I love that, Anitra, that you said, can we get five people? Can we get five people right now to call 855-901-4673 or go to 1160hope.com and click on the red Food for the Poor banner? Again, that's 855-901-4673 or go to 1160hope.com and click on the red Food for the Poor banner. Paul, uh, this might be a strange question. First of all, what exactly are the uh, some of the countries we're talking about? People might do badly yeah. with geography. What are some of the countries we're talking about? And here's a question that some people might be wondering. Why don't the government just take care of them? Why aren't there governments sipping in and feeding them? Why isn't our government? What, why not? Isn't this the role of government? Could you help us understand that a little better? No, that's exactly uh, the, the, the $64,000 question, right? And because, number one, the countries that we're serving is Latin America and the Caribbean, where Food for the Poors work for the better part of four decades, where we are working hand-in-hand with our local churches in countries like Honduras, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Haiti, then these fam, these are, these are pastors and local ministries that understand that these countries do not have the resources Mm -hmm. to provide a stimulus check. They do not have the resources to have a welfare system. They are totally dependent upon you mm-hmm. and me working through the local churches. I remember one trip to Guatemala when I was visiting a mother. I was standing at her doorstep. Her young son, five years old, had no even didn't even have the energy to stand up and talk mm. to us. He slept the entire time, and she just hung her face because she couldn't feed him. And I stepped away from her home, and I stepped on this 
paper bag that was mixed in the dirt. Mm. And I and I asked the translator, so what is that? And it was it looked like a bag of rice that would just been exhausted and just thrown aside. And she said, the last time the politicians came, they brought rice. I said, what were the last elections? She says last year. Mm. That's that was the only time that mother had anything of substance. And so we're asking you right now that in spite of all of that we have been through, we have been tremendously blessed. Mm -hmm. We're three stimulus checks in. Many of us are back to work already. Many of us have already seen that the the, the rally and the cry of families that have come to our aid and assistance, whether it's a local church, it's our own congregation, our own pastor. But these families in Honduras, they don't have any of that. Lillian, a mother we met, is still digging through piles of trash Mm. to find her children's next meal Mm. and it is becoming desperately harder so right now would you be a part Mm -hmm. of helping mothers and children just like these so again if you want to help and help these people desperately in need you can give at 855-901-4673 hope that's 855-901-4673 or go to 1160hope.com and click on the food for the poor banner aubrey it's just uh, i thought it was powerful way to close the show because it's just such an amazing uh need and such a powerful story Absolutely. And maybe you're listening and you want to give a gift to Food for the Poor in honor of your own mom to celebrate Mother's Mm -hmm. Day in honor of her memory or as kind of a gift to her. Or maybe you're a mom and you've got three kids and so you want to help feed three kids and you can give that way as well. This is a moment to celebrate your mom and help save kids' lives. Again, that number is 855-901-4673 or 1160hope.com and click on the Food for the Poor banner. Aubrey, I hope that you have a wonderful Mother's Day and beyond that, an awesome vacation next week. Thank you. I hope you have a great week next week. I won't think of you too much. I'm sure you will not. We look forward to when you return. And we hope all the moms out there, we hope you have a great Mother's Day. To all of you, we hope that you have a great weekend. For Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. You've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. 